Welcome into NSN Daily here on a Wednesday. Alex Markulis has returned from the islands. Welcome I'm back. back man. Thanks, man. Good to have you. Landed last night at like 1.30. <laughs> I was walking around in sandals and shorts yep. and uh, just breathing in that crisp 20-something degrees. It was... Yep. It was uh, uh, quite the change, but I, I don't mind it. You know, ready to ready to get that snow going, and mm -hmm. uh, always good to come back home. Yeah, great trip down to the Virgin Islands. It was great basketball and and uh, beautiful place in the world. But I always say it, man. You come back to the seven seven five. It's a great feeling. Yeah, the walking the walk when you open the doors open out of coming out of luggage and you breathe the air, <laughs> especially if we land at uh -huh. night because we come home usually it's late at night and you. Oh, I'm home, and it just feels so good. It's good. good to have you back. Uh, busy, no busy show today. Uh, we're going to talk, of course, Nevada UNLV football. Chris Murray is going to join us uh, via Skype from the uh, Murray Lair. Uh, Murray's at home uh, today, but he's going to be kind enough to join us for a few minutes. Matt Aroli will be on the show, former Nevada offensive lineman from 91 to 93. He is undefeated. He looks like he could still suit up. He's a house, man. You could put a helmet and some shoulder pads on him. I think, I, I think I, I he would could not, still. I would, I would not want to hit him with my car. He's a large, large. I would love large to see like an alumni like O line showdown. Put like Edwards and Aroldi. Edwards, Aroldi. You have to call Cody Johnson, who's in great shape. He was a center. Gosh, who else? You could. I mean, Matt Gallus. I mean, you, you, there's, there's. I we have to have a five hour long. I'd show. love to see like a, a uh, like some O line drills between the alums and some of the current. Guys. Oh, I'm sure that there's that'd stuff be good. that goes that'd, on. That'd be pay per view, man. There's stuff that goes on behind closed doors. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, the Murray's Mailbag will have that edition for you as well today. And we, there's a local 14 and under football team, the Reno Huskies, on their way to Orlando to play in the national championships. So we're going to meet three of their young players. They've got chicken wings on the mind, huh? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Uh, chicken wings are bust. That's in, what they in want. Orlando. That's what they want. They want to. They've been promised chicken wings if they win. So we're hoping. That's a that's a pretty good. Uh, pretty good promise. You know what? If you want to encourage somebody to to excel in life, if you dangle chicken wings as like the the ultimate prize, that's what's. I think coming. you're going to get results. Especially at a gym. It, it would be with me. If, yeah. if you're, you're like, hey, if you come to work today, I'll get you some wings. I'm like, yeah, I'm there. I'm, I'm <laughs> so in. Now I have to bribe you for that to come to work. <laughs> yes. That's how I got him to come back from the. It's like, hey, office. I'll bring you some wings. Uh, wings will be here. Wings were not here. I apologize. That's uh, okay. Let's join Chris Murray from South Reno, joining us from the Murray Family Library. Uh, Buffalo Bills chair in full effect. Uh, Chris. Uh, we are on the verge of Nevada and UNLV. We've been talking about it all week long. Um, when, the, when, you, when you think about what happened last year down in Las Vegas, this is a loss that this team has carried all year long. And it's, uh, it's about time that these guys get a chance for a little, little uh, revenge, a little vindication. Yeah, I think it was interesting that Coach Norvell basically made his team stay out there on the field and watch UNLV celebrate with the cannon because he wanted that taste in their mouth. He wanted them to see how painful that felt because uh, they were up 23-0. And there's been a couple of players who kind of said they took the win for granted after getting up so much and they were looking forward to the bowl. So just shows you you can't take anything for granted in this rivalry. And really the last six years have shown that. Uh, Coach Alt from 2005 to 2012, his team's won eight straight in this series. Since then, since he resigned, uh, there have been six games played. Five have been won by the underdogs, including the last four. So this has really been uh, a series in a game that you haven't been able to predict uh, the last couple of, of years. And Nevada goes in as a touchdown favorite. So will UNLV, as an underdog, be able to continue this streak that we've seen with really the, the lesser of the teams being able to rise up uh, in shock and, and pull off an upset the last few seasons? Chris, I have to ask you, you got the bookshelf going behind you there. Uh, did you organize, this is my first time, I think, doing a segment with you while you've been in the home office. Now, did you specifically stage this bookshelf for an appearance here on television, or was this exactly how it looked before uh, you decided to do the, the Skype in from home? 
Uh, I did switch the upper row just for today's appearance. So I put in a couple of Christmas elements in there. Oh, I uh, see the, the joy little... sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's something, one behind something. me joy. that says let it snow. Let it snow. So. Yeah, top row. But no, this is what it usually looks like. There are a lot of books in here. Uh, I, I think I've read every single book on the shelf. I like to make it look like I'm smart by having some books in my well, house. I can but, see Clifford uh, the Big Red Dog right there. Yeah, I read, I read that one too. Is that where you keep your your, your, your Pearl Jam uh, collection as well? Is it, is it, uh, is that, uh, it CDs I see there or no? Uh, no, actually since the move, those have been uh, put in a box in the garage. So those are not being uh, showcased all that well. But I do have somewhere around 350 to 400 Pearl Jam CDs because they release all their concerts. Uh, you know, into CDs. So uh, those have not made it into the house, unfortunately. Since the okay, and so also, I was just talking about chicken wings. I see the Buffalo Bills logo on the chair there. Mm -hmm. Are the wings in Buffalo, like in actually in Buffalo, worthy of the title as like the best place for wings in America? I think so. I mean, when we went there, and I think it was 2015 when Nevada played there, I did stop at a couple joints. I think Duff's is the most famous. Uh, and they were really, really good. So, yes, I, I'll put them at the very top since they apparently are the ones who created them. Uh, and then just my personal experience, I did think that they were they were pretty uh, high-level wings. Okay, what level of heat can you handle on your chicken wings? We're going to get to football uh, eventually. I promise <laughs> you, folks. Uh, Medium-high. I'm pretty Ooh. decent. I can hang in there with some spicier stuff. But you get me to the highest levels, and I'm going to tap out pretty quickly. I don't have that kind of threshold. Uh, where I can go to the very, very top of the uh, Sasa, you know, uh, bookshelf. Um, my my, my biggest here. issue is if it goes habanero, it's it's game over. I can't yeah, do it. Yeah. Like, but, like, I can no handle, like, a chili heat. Yeah, I've never really messed with, like, a ghost pepper, yeah. to be honest. Like, habanero, like, I'm going to take a 30-minute walk. That's a different sort of heat. That's a biting good. heat. It's not that's, good. Yeah, that's painful. All right, Chris, uh, back on topic here. Uh, football, Nevada UNLV. I was thinking about this before, who this situation kind of benefits. You have Nevada coming in and – they still have some some to play for. Obviously, they want to win the cannon and bring it home. And that if they don't win the cannon, I think this this season doesn't feel like a success. And so that becomes a big motivation to bring it back to Northern Nevada. On the other hand, you have UNLV with very little to play for outside of just kind of being able to kind of finish their season with something to salvage and, and send out Tony Sanchez right. Who do you think this benefits in the end? And, and or I guess my question is, who has this put more pressure on? Is it more pressure on Nevada because they have – maybe more to play for than UNLV and they're going to be a little more loose. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I think there is pressure on Nevada because like you said, if they go out and they lose this game, I think it's harder for them to call the 2019 season a success, even what they've done in the last three contests. Uh, whereas with UNLV, I don't think anybody's really expecting UNLV to come out and win this game. And I think it really comes down to how do these players uh, feel about Tony Sanchez? If they love Tony Sanchez, I think you're going to see them come out with an inspired effort to kind of show like we really wanted him to continue to be our coach, even though they had made the decision earlier in the week to fire him. I think we saw that a little bit with Brian Fullian in 2016. Nevada came into that game at UNLV as a nine and a half point underdog. Now Nevada had not publicly made uh, the firing of Brian Fullian uh, put out there. Um, but I think the players kind of knew that was the direction it was going in. And Nevada goes out there and wins 45 to 10. So they really uh, stood up for their coach. Will UNLV do that or will they kind of be in the mode of, okay, we're going to have a lot of uh, uncertainty moving forward. Uh, we don't really have a lot to play for. Our coach uh, is not lame duck. He's literally out the door. Uh, do they just come out here and lay down? I don't think you're going to see that. I think UNLV has still played pretty hard throughout the season. They did win last week, even though they came into the game with only two victories on the season. So I think you are going to see UNLV play hard. And I do agree just that there is more pressure on Nevada because, uh, you know, seven wins is fine. But if they go out and lose this game uh, in the season finale like they did last year, 
that's going to be the game that a lot of people remember more than beating Fresno State or San Diego State on the road, more than beating Purdue at home to start the season. I think Gabe Sewell even said it. It doesn't really matter what we did up to this point. This is the game fans are going to be uh, remembering a couple years down the road. So it really all comes down to what color that cannon is at the end of the the game uh, to kind of depict how this season plays out in the minds of a lot of fans. So many X factors in this game, and one of them that is – reared its ugly head uh, came over the Sierra in the last couple of days and that's the weather I mean last time I checked they're talking about snow flurries and for it to be 30 degrees out Nevada has not played well in the cold so far this year at home or on the road uh, what do you think that would do for this game I mean for me if, if I'm Nevada I want to run the football mm-hmm. that's what they would be able to do against Fresno State ground and pound and, and they were able to move the ball at will in that fourth quarter what do you think this factor means to Nevada or UNLV the weather Yeah, I don't think it necessarily plays into Nevada's favor because, as you pointed out, Nevada's played two cold-weather games this year. They lost by 51 points to Hawaii at Mackey Stadium, one of those games. They lost 26 points to Utah State when it was really, really cold in Logan. So I don't think there's a lot of evidence to show Nevada's better in the cold than maybe its opponents, even though UNLV is in a warm-weather climate. I agree with you 100%. This comes down to running the ball. UNLV's defensive line is is pretty poor. They give up 5.3 yards per carry. They have only nine sacks on the entire season. Nevada's offensive line clearly played its best game of the season against Fresno State. It should be able to do the same against UNLV. I would be surprised if Nevada does not try and establish that run, and I would be surprised if Nevada does not have success running the ball just based on how UNLV has defended the run. And I think special teams is going to be a huge key. UNLV special teams is really, really bad. They get nothing out of the kick return game. They've had two punts blocked this season, uh, one for a touchdown. They've had a kick return allowed for a touchdown. Uh, They do not have a lot of touchbacks on their kickoff, so I could see Nevada potentially uh, having a a couple of long return opportunities. So I think that will be big as well. Nevada has a huge edge in special teams, and we've seen Nevada has made a lot of big special teams plays, not only the Quentin Conaway fake punt last week. Obviously, Brandon Talton has been terrific. Ben Putman's punt return to really put Nevada in a great position on its last drive against Fresno State. So I think that's a big key, but I, I do think it starts on the ground. UNLV wants to run the ball. That's everything that they do offensively is predicated on running. Uh, and then Nevada's going to have a lot of success. And you have two freshman quarterbacks playing in this rivalry for the first time. So it'll be interesting to see how the nerves and the extra pressure kind of do they fray at these younger guys who have not gone through this experience yet. Yeah, Kenyon Oblab right out of Las Vegas, out of the Southern Nevada area, uh, playing for the Rebels right now. It's been an interesting uh, scenario at quarterback so far this season for UNLV. Noon kickoff at Mackey Stadium, Nevada, a seven-point favorite over the Rebels. Chris, don't go anywhere. We've got the mailbag coming up. Not next segment, in two segments, and uh, some fun questions for you this week. We'll check back in in just a moment. Thanks. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, he was one of the anchors of the union in the early 90s. We'll check in with former Nevada offensive lineman, undefeated against the Rebels. Look at that Big picture. number 61, Matt Aroldi. That's coming up next. Welcome back into NSN Daily. It is UNLV week, so you know what? We've got to bring in some special guests to talk about this rivalry. Matt Aroldi, former offensive lineman of the pack, back when the blue was more of the, the lighter blue. It was a little lighter, a little yeah. lighter yeah. blue. Still blue. So. Still blue, yeah. though. Tell me about when this week comes around every single year, and you're still so involved in the Football Alumni Association. <laughs> you are recently honored. What was the award that you just got? Let me uh, it was an Alumni Service Award. Service Award. Yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I see you. Uh, you're always cooking there. You're always at the, the Alumni Tailgater. If you're smelling that food in, in the northwest, Part of Mackey Stadium, that right corner, that's that's where the alumni, football alumni always gather and and get to hang out. But when this week comes up every single year, 
It's got to grind they, you just a little bit. I just, kinda... just got the chills again. Yeah. I mean, it's the what was really neat was my first game at Mackey Stadium was against the Rebels. I was redshirting in 91. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now we play them later in the year, which is, you know, I, I enjoy, you know, that's pretty cool too. But yeah. So every, it, it, this is the week that's circled on the calendar. It doesn't matter, you know, everything else is just practiced to this week. Redshirted you know? 91. You're playing here at 92, 93. All right. Uh, now, Matt, I apologize. If he hits me, you're going to know why. <laughs> I, I went digging for some pictures, and I went and found some pictures in the archives. <laughs> Rez, can we, we bring up some of these pictures? I want you to tell me. Look at that handsome guy on the right there. Yeah. I had hair at one time. Look at that. Yeah, we all had hair yeah. Matt, at one time. <laughs> what, what, what do you remember about playing for that team and playing, for the, playing with and for these guys? You know, it's, it's, it's the brotherhood. It's, it's all, you know, some of my best friends. You know, yeah, I have all my best friends from growing up from kindergarten and stuff, but nothing like the guys that you, you go to battle with on the field. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I mean, I've, I'm a godfather to one of my, to Todd Shera's first daughter, right. you know, and he was our left tackle, I was right tackle, and I mean, it's just, you know, we call it the tie that binds, the tie that binds, you know, it's just, there's, there's that brotherhood, that camaraderie, and the Big West patch back in the Big West days, yeah. I mean, Nevada going from, you know, one double A into that's, Division One and, and moving uh, up. That's the UNLV game, too, because that was the first game in, in all blues. No, no, yeah. see, and that to me, I mean, you look at the uniform, and I see so many changes across the country with, with oh, somebody's going to go all this or all that or that, whatever color. You see Maryland going with the, the, the state flag and stuff like that. I, I don't mind attributing the state flag, but the blue on blue to me is really special. Yep. Now, I mean, for you, what's the dream? Is that the dream uniform? That was, that was special for us. I mean, I don't get into all this different jerseys and everything. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was neat to have something special for that game and everything. Yeah. But now – that's what it's all about, you know. What kind of, how many helmets do you have? How many jerseys do you have? Right. We got two, home and away. There you, know, you go. What, what, do you, what else do you need? Yeah. You know, but, you know, times change and kids change. Kids change. What so. do you say when you when you talk or meet some of these guys that are wearing the uniform now? And what do you try and pass on as a message? You know, the biggest thing, and we have the the Wolfpack Walk. I know right. you're familiar with yes. that, and it's great. And one thing that's hit on every week by whoever's speaking is enjoy it now. Because yeah. it's going to be over before you know it, mm-hmm. and I can remember when they, you know somebody told me that, and I'm like, ah, you know, eh. but mm-hmm. they're right. Yeah, it, I'm going to live forever. Yeah. You know? Well, it's just the, the game. The game stops. You yeah. know, yeah. eventually, some you know some keep going, some don't. Eventually, it's going to be over, and and uh, just I what I try and tell them: take advantage of your opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, don't leave anything unsaid or. Right. You know, out there, leave it all out on leave the field. It, yep, leave it out there. Technically, you're three and zero as a uh, as a member of the Wolfpack. Two and zero as an actual as a Letterman player. And uh, this picture here at Mackey Stadium. I that's mean, it. looking back to that, is that is that ninety two? That's ninety three. Ninety three. That's, that's back that's here. 93. That's the first. Like I said, ninety two was in Vegas. You beat them yep. fourteen ten down there, and I believe it was fifty to eight or forty something. Yeah. It was big. A big I don't remember. So, I don't. I don't remember too many scores, but. And you know we can never you never no. score enough against Vegas because it's yeah. not running up the score it's just proving a point. Yeah, they're at 49-14 as Rose yeah. just pointed out in the photo. Yeah. Uh, couldn't see it, but, but uh, yeah. <laughs> kneeling right there next to the cannon. Yeah. Tell me about that trophy. Um, what does that mean to Nevada alums? It's it's the end all be all. I mean it's the biggest, heaviest, most valuable trophy in the land. Yeah, um, we take a lot of pride in. You know, we were spoiled, especially in the 80s, 90s there. We were spoiled. We had it all the time. And you just, it's blue. It's always blue. Yeah. And it looks a lot better blue. You mm-hmm. know, I, it just, 
I don't know, you know, they've added little things here and there, like the Battleborn stickers and stuff, and that's yeah. all cool. But, but ultimately, that's a good-looking blue cannon, you know. Uh, some of the stories that are behind this uh. too, when, when I when I heard from Coach Ald sitting in the chair next to me about the year he carried it back on the airplane. Yeah. I mean, and said, yeah. breaking well, it down. Uh, yeah. I finally found out what really happened, and it was the truck had left. The the equipment truck had right. left to come all the way back up to Reno because it's got to make that long drive. And they said, well, coach, we'll ship it to you. And coach Alt said, no, wait, no, no, we're no, taking it no. on the plane. And he yeah. told, told to talk to people. And I'm sure, I, I don't know if coach talked talk to people. He probably told people, yeah. we're taking it on the yeah. plane. Yeah. And the story is, is that Frank Hawkins carried the barrel and set it in the, in the yeah. seat next to him. I believe it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, yeah, coach doesn't ask too many things. He makes things happen. Absolutely. You know? yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. This weekend, when you look at uh, the scenario, I mean, Nevada can get to eight and four after so much adversity this year. Get, I mean, the bowl bid is not guaranteed, unfortunately, right, right now. But so you, once again, it's uh, take matters in your own hands. Get the cannon back. They have a chance to win nine games. Um, if I told you after maybe the, the Hawaii game that this is where this team would be right now, would you uh, have had that faith? Yeah, I, mm -hmm. I, you know, I watching these, you know. Being involved with the alumni football and, and you're around the kids and they're they're a great bunch of kids and young men now and and you know the coaching staff they're they're all energetic and it's you always feel that there's something there you yeah. know they they have the capability of it it's just putting it all together and you know we all have bad days and you know uh, I I I know we're not always we're going to win every game but yeah. you go into it thinking you're going to win yeah. and you just you never know there's always you know there's always that chance. Yeah, Jane Orvell talks about grit, and that's what yeah. this team has shown. Yeah, absolutely. You go in, you beat the two bully California Mountain West Western Division teams on their turf, mm -hmm. and that says plenty. Then you get to come home and basically play two bowl games. Yes. You get the Rebels yeah. and, then, and then the bowl game after this. Yeah. Um, you talk about coaches that you played for. Now they've got such a big personality at offensive line coach right now in Angus oh, McClure. Yeah. Could yeah. you imagine being uh, coached by Angus? That would have been fun. Yeah, you know, I had some good ones, and I coached. Coach, uh, Coach Rippey was here first mm -hmm. for me, and Coach K, Coach Konakis was, right. you know, uh, something else, and had Coach Weber, and, and Angus would have been, he's, he, right, I mean, they're union guys, yeah. they're O-line guys, you yeah. know, O-line coaches are special, they're, they're, it's a special breed. When you do, before I let you go, when you get to talk to some of these guys and express what the union means, because, I mean, that's what the Nevada offensive front calls himself, it's the union, it's a, a lunch pail, Bring your helmet. You're going to go to work. You're going to scrape yourself up and, and, and get to work protecting yeah. the guys. And not, you don't want the glory, but what do you tell these guys about what it's like to be at? Hey, it's it's a it's a you got to take pride into it. You know, it's just like take pride in every everyday life. You know, mm -hmm. it's something to get behind. Um, nothing starts without the union. Yeah. You know, try try running the ball. Try snapping the ball. Got to have a union member to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and nowadays it's. You know, this, I've I've never you know I played uh, this first time I've been interviewed on on TV or anything you know so <laughs> we don't do it for the glory we don't right. do it for the it's right you know we just we do it because we want to win we want to make our our friends better and and just you know have a good time not bad for a kid from Crockett making it all the way up here <laughs> yeah. if you want to see Matt you can see him over at uh, over at Western Nevada Supply another one of those yeah. one of those moments where somebody moves to Reno. And falls in love with the city and the program and, and creates a life and, and, and a great life. And Dave, I appreciate your time. All right, thank Thanks you. for coming in. Right. Thanks very much. Yeah. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, we will dip into Murray's mailbag. What questions do you have for us this week? Some good ones. What's well, coming up next?
Welcome back to NSN Daily. Every Wednesday brought to you by Loud, we get into Murray's mailbag at Murray NSN every Sunday. If you want to check it out, he'll uh, open up the mailbag and entertain your questions. And I know this one took him five, six hours this time. Chris, how long was how long did this uh, marathon take? Yeah, yeah, this was a long one. I think I got done sometime around like six o'clock at night on Monday. So I'm trying to get get it out quicker. But wow. people read it like crazy. Like the numbers on it are really, really high. So uh, as long as that's the case, I'll keep doing. As long as people want to click on it and read it, I mean that's that's beneficial to. We're uh, here for the number, people. Number of people. Uh, <laughs> let's start off with John W. Mackey. Always sends us some pretty good questions. Who made the most improvements to the program given what they inherited? Trent Johnson, Chris Alt, Eric Musselman. I mean, I think this one's pretty easy. I know uh, Eric Musselman and Trent Johnson did an absolutely phenomenal job, but you're talking about Chris Alt taking over a Division II independent program, bringing them up to Division I AA in the Big Sky, then jumping up to the FBS with the Big West, then going to the WAC, then going to the Mountain West. So you're talking about a program that was a complete afterthought, and he brought them all the way to number 11 in the nation in 2010. He jumped them up four levels, and it wasn't just football. He was jumping up the entire athletic department during his 40-year tenure, um, you know, from just this rinky-dink operation uh, to an operation that has, uh, you know, more than 350 student-athletes. So the answer is clearly him. You're talking about Trent Johnson had five years on the job, Eric Musselman had four years on the job. That just pills in comparison to four decades of growing an entire athletic department through his program of football. All right, yeah. Brian, you were here for both Trent Johnson and Eric Musselman, so you'd have, okay, if we're, I, I imagine you're going to agree with Chris on Chris Alt. Mm -hmm. Are you so, agreeing? So that's one. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about, okay, what's, who's, who would you put second on that list then? Because I was only here to see Coach Muss. Mm -hmm. He didn't inherit a whole lot. No. I mean, that was a really, really tough situation uh, to take what he did, and then by the time he left, winning three consecutive Mountain West regular season titles, the last one, of course, a, a co-championship. But uh, you were here for Trent Johnson. How would you kind of differentiate those two? Nevada basketball was in two different places at two different times when this happened. I mean, you look at Trent Johnson, whose best player when he started was Terrence Green, and he really had to build from scratch. And it wasn't a big – you had some transfers, but you didn't have transfers coming in like the Martin Twins, like right. someone like a Cameron Oliver. So I think it's two different scenarios. I, don't, I think it's apples and hand grenades here. I don't know if you can really compare <laughs> it. Um, when it comes to Muss, Muss was able to galvanize a community yeah. and bring people together and, and bring these unique uh, characters and talents Jordan Caroline from Southern Illinois and, and go, these are going to be my guys. Kendall mm -hmm. Stevens coming in from Purdue and create a camaraderie in the jail. Trent Johnson went out and built it from scratch. And he out, did it the first time. And, yeah. And you he, know what I mean? Like he was, he, he was the first guy through. He was the first guy to create success in Nevada. Like at least Eric Musselman, right. even though it was a long period of time, could still say, well, there was a time when Nevada basketball was rel was big, and yeah. the, the, the fans were supporting, and they made it to a sweet six. You know, they made it made runs in the NCAA tournament. So – Maybe that was easier in a sense for Coach Musk because Maybe. there was at least at that point a tradition that goes back that went back ten years. I think the strategy was was more inclined for success with Musk too because you look at what Trent did and Trent went out and got Kirk Snyder, then Kyle Shiloh and Nick Fazekas and Marcellus Kemp and built with freshmen. Uh, you you think of transfers, you think of maybe a Todd Okeson and a Mo Charlo. You don't think of somebody who was a somebody who had you know, power five experience mm -hmm. before that. Uh, Stephen Colombo joining us this week. Uh, seems like uh, Strong has become to get comfortable in the offense. Is that play calling or better play by him or both? Chris? Oh, I think it's a combination of things. I think it's one experience. I think it's two 
uh, he's healthy. Like people don't understand how injured he got in that Purdue game. Maybe we'll be able to talk about it a little bit after the season because they've wanted to try and keep it under wraps. But it was a pretty significant injury against Purdue. And that's why he fell off after that Purdue game. Now that he's healthy, I think the play calling has certainly helped him. Nevada being able to run the ball against Fresno State really, really helps. But I don't think the play calling has been this massive, massive difference. Nevada's actually averaging fewer yards per game in the last three games since Coach Norville took a larger role into the play calling. They've just been so much better in the red zone. They're scoring touchdowns on 70% of their red zone opportunities in these three games. Before that, it was 38%. So that's where they've made the big jump. And, and Carson has made a number of great throws in the red zone. I think one big thing that a lot of people have missed over or maybe overlooked is that the play is getting into Carson Strong faster. There used to be a little bit of a debate between Jay and Matt Pryor about what the play was going to be. And then it took a little while to get the play in. And I think that's why you saw a lot of the false starts and a lot of the issues pre-snap. The play is getting in quicker to him. He's being able to read the defense better. Now he has that experience and he's healthy. And he's playing really, really solid, uh, solid at the quarterback position. All right, let's move on to 300 pounds runner. How much emotion, and Alex touched on this, how much emotion will play into Saturday's Nevada UNLV game knowing that it is Sanchez's last game? I mean, it's going to be an emotional game regardless, but I do think that there will be extra emotion on the line because uh, whenever you have your coach fired, it's kind of a, a statement on you and your teammates that you did not do well enough uh, for the uh, your coach to keep his job. And I think you, you kind of feel badly about that. So I think it's going to be a highly emotional game. And the key is, can you channel those emotions? We saw under Coach Pullian a number of times against UNLV, Nevada was too amped up. They were too fired up. They had way too many penalties, and that cost them some games. So can Nevada dial it in and play really clean football, which they've really been able to do over the last three weeks? That's been another big plus for Nevada. It's not a lot of turnovers, not a lot of penalties, not a lot of over-emotional play. And I think that's why you've seen this extended winning streak. I think you made a great point. We're going to find out just how much these upperclassmen love mm -hmm. Coach Sanchez uh, on the field on Saturday. I, I just think there, there's going to be emotion no matter what yeah. because it's the Cannon game. Um, I think it certainly adds to it, but maybe it doesn't. Maybe there's guys that are more dis – I mean, that only that locker room knows yeah. what the motivation is. Maybe guys are ready just to turn this season over, and they don't care. Yeah. Maybe they, they want to come up here and they want to you – know, we just don't know what the motivation is, but you have to imagine the emotion probably a little higher – knowing that their coach has been fired, you have to think that that would impact it a little bit. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be an interesting first few minutes of the game and whether or not we see some pre-game antics mm -hmm. at, at midfield. Uh, how about uh, Daniel Bacon at Daniel Does Stuff? Uh, what's your favorite family holiday tradition, Chris? Yeah, we don't necessarily have anything specific other than we watch Home Alone and Home Alone 1 about 50 times during the month of <laughs> December. So I guess if that's a tradition. But it's a very special time for my family because I have a brother who lives in San Francisco. I have a sister who lives in Denver. My parents live down in Gardnerville. I have another brother uh, who lives in Reno. So really, uh, Christmas is the only time that all six of us get together. And then you add in my wife's family. And it's just, uh, you know, it's a really cool thing because family is a big deal to me and to my family. And to be able to have everybody come into one area for a week uh, and just spend time together. That to me is the coolest thing. So that's kind of our tradition. Uh, and hopefully during our time together, we do pop in home alone or home alone uh, to uh, a couple of times during that. Not time. three though, not three. <laughs> not three at all. You not know, three. Uh, I would say the only tradition, at least for me right now is I love, and this isn't gonna surprise you, but on Thanksgiving day and on Christmas day, I love to ski. Even like, like I know there isn't a whole lot of coverage. Yeah. We just got this big storm, but it's, it still isn't doing a whole lot. We're going to have a ski report coming up in just a few segments. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I hope uh, to get out there uh, in the morning, nice. uh, on Thanksgiving morning, and just get a couple runs in just to, just to do it. It's one of those cool things. If you can ski on Thanksgiving, I think it's a really cool thing. And mm -hmm. just kind of put things in perspective. It kind of gives me a step back and just yeah. appreciate 
you know, what we've got. And, and same thing for Christmas Day. I love yeah. getting out there in the morning and, and getting out there with family or friends. And, and you know, I've got a really close uh, uh, family friend that's, that's uh, I've known my whole life. His birthday's on Christmas. And nice. we love to go out and, and ski with him. And if, if my dad's around, you know, it's something we always do. And then, like Chris said, I mean, just getting family and friends together. I, you know, I've actually taken on having Thanksgiving at my house the last couple of years. And I've really enjoyed just making the turkey yeah. and bringing people together. And we kind of... Uh, we're kind of taking in people that don't have places to go and it's just it's just a neat thing and, and I love uh, just kind of breaking bread and, and hanging out and it's just a, a great time of year. One night a year where you are the big host new. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Wrap things up with Stephen Meyer at Always Nevada. I appreciate that. How was it decided which NSN employee got to go to the Virgin <laughs> Islands? Chris, you appear to be missing out. And Alex has taken a lot of flack on this. You did a great job. It was a ton of great content from the islands. Go ahead, Chris. Well, I mean, you guys can speak to how that works out, but I will say from personal experience, like traveling is obviously very cool, but you're basically working the entire time you're at really nice locations. Like Alex maybe got a little fortunate because Nevada did have Saturday off, yep. but it is a ton of work. It's not like you're going out there and you're having all of these enjoyable moments. Like, uh, you know, maybe you're able to swing. Uh, if you go to a really cool place, you stay an extra couple of days, you get there a couple extra days early. You're talking about like 12-hour work days, and then you're trying to get some sleep in. So uh, I'm sure Alex did have a ton of fun, but I will say first and foremost, work trips are a lot of work. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that, Chris. And, and from my perspective, look, look, when I go on the road, I want to take advantage of every moment I have. Whether right. we're in Fresno, you know this. We, yep. When we go on the road, I want to experience the best thing that that place has. And, and we do put in a lot of work, and a lot of people don't get to see that even – uh, in this situation, to explain my deal, this was actually not really an NSN trip. This no. was actually me filling in uh, for John Ramey uh, as, as a part of the radio team, which actually is something I've been doing that predates NSN. It actually right. predates me working at News 4. That was the first job I had in Reno. I was working for Leo Field and with the University of Nevada uh, starting here years ago. I used to come in and, and set up speaker equipment and, and be the spotter in the booth for Ryan Radke uh, yeah. back in 2012. And that's when I began. I used to do women's basketball and baseball, which I, I still do now. So uh, it, it's a long time coming. And so people don't realize in this situation in particular, I was actually traveling on behalf of the university in Learfield. And while I'm there, of course, I want to bring the coverage to NSN. And technology has allowed that to make it so much easier now to you know, bring my experience while I'm there traveling with the team from a radio perspective uh, and bring it on, on television, which is really cool. And mm -hmm. I enjoy being able to kind of uh, show people the flavor. But I will say this, no one's complaining when I get sent to like Lubbock, Texas with the baseball team, or I get sent to some, I mean, I have been to so many random, not very attractive places uh, on behalf of Nevada. And so no one gives me a hard time then. <laughs> so you know what? I'll take whatever flack anyone wants to give. I'm cool with it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it is a lot of work, but you have to find that balance. And, and it, was, it was fun, I think, to be able to show people uh, a little bit what was going on there. And, and so I think it was a success. In that yeah, I, I know a lot of people don't realize that you learned from one of the greatest in the business and Ryan Radke, and it shows in the product that you provide today. It certainly does. Thanks very much. You want to join Chris with NSN Daily and Murray's Mailbag? Just get on Twitter, at MurrayNSN. If you're not following him, I don't know why you aren't. I keep telling you, follow Chris Murray. Alex Margulies on Twitter. I'm pretty boring, so don't do that. <laughs> Coming up next here on NSN Daily, a bunch of young men that are on their way to nationals in Orlando. We will introduce you to the 14 and under Reno Huskies next. Welcome back into NSN Daily here on a Wednesday. The next generation of high school football is 
right here before you here on the NSN set. We, we don't know exactly where. Some, uh, we, some of these guys haven't declared we're going to go to high school yet. I actually heard that during the break earlier. I'm not going to say who it was. But we've got uh, down on the end, we've got Tony, we've got Colton, we've got uh, Flacco. He goes by Flacco, but Julian right here, guys uh, with a 14 and under. Uh, Reno Huskies, you're on your way to Orlando for the national championships. Yep. Uh, let's start off with you, Tony. When when you realized and found out you'd earned this bid to go to the nationals, what what did that mean to you? Uh, I just got super excited, and I was happy to go play down in Florida and try to win the national championship and have fun time with my teammates. Now, a couple of you guys have been there before, right? But not as players. Yeah. Yeah. You do, guys. What was, what, was the, what was the experience like for you guys? Now you're going to get to play, but you've been there before. So for us, uh, we were Waterboys last year, and it was just like a really fun time, just hanging out with all the people. Even being Waterboys was a great experience, but now that we get to play, it's just like extra special. Mm -hmm. What's it going to be like for you, Julian, to represent Northern Nevada, represent our area, and on, on basically the national stage? I mean, ESPN covers this thing. Yeah. Um, well, last year I actually didn't get to play at all last season due to the fact that I have Oshkud Schlatter's disease. It's like a... It's it's growing pains. It's in your yeah. knees. I, I had okay. it growing up, man. It's all right. You, yeah, it's not you'll that bounce fun. back. But uh, I didn't actually get to play all last year, so this year is, I'm really excited to go out there. Mm -hmm. But you know, last year's Waterboy was really fun as well. Not knowing, like, I didn't get to play for the team, but being out there itself was a pretty cool experience. What do you think this says? We'll start with you, Tony. What do you think this says for youth football in northern Nevada, the fact that we've been able to send teams to this national championship multiple years? Well, most people think, like, the best football teams are in Florida or Texas, but, like, it shows that, like, small countries like Reno, or... Countries? Not countries. Uh, country now. Cities small city. in Reno, yeah, city, yeah, can go to play for a national championship. Now, who are you guys playing here? A little run play, and, I mean, that's all about blocking. What I saw in yeah. your guys' highlights, I mean, you guys look like a power run team and, and look like you just control the ground. I don't know about you guys. I'm the best blocker on the field. You're the best blocker on the field? <laughs> Blacko says he's the best. Where are you at in the where, show, show, where are you at right here then? Oh, Blacko. I'm not on offense. Yeah, I was on, I was yeah, on defense. defense. Listen, there was this one play. Okay. One play. One play. Best play all season. Is that on here? He's looking for you. Yeah, okay, it's on here. so we had a punt return. Okay. And we're not allowed to blindside block, so technically we gotta stick our hands up in the air. Okay. And <laughs> get your back in front of them. Okay. It uh it was pretty dope. I ran in front of the kid, cut him off, and stuck my hand straight up in the air. And just went, what's up? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Well, it's about safety, and then, too. It's uh, about safety. Yeah. I mean, it's all about that, too. Did punt return? Yeah, it was. Did Nick score? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we got a punt return. And we got the punt return. Yep. Yep. Two and Touchdown. one. What's your guys' record this year? 10-0. Perfect 10-0. Yep. Yeah. December 2nd is the reveal on ESPN where you're going to find out who you're going to play. Yep. I would imagine you guys don't care who you're going to play. Yeah, we just want to play. You play the Packers, right? Yeah, we could play. Line up against the Patriots. Put these guys up against Brady and the Patriots. This looks like, is this, where is that? Is that Douglas High School? Yeah, it's yeah. Yeah. down in Douglas. Power run game, like I said. Who is this kid? I love this celebration. 82. Who champ, is that? no champ, no tease. He's like, I love this he's celebration. Like the I love the fire of yeah. the team. Is he? Yeah. He's, yeah. Your, he's, your, he's got a lot of energy. Your vocal leader? Yeah. What's it like playing with these bunch of guys? I mean, I think you guys, once you get to be my age, I mean, we got coaches, your dads are all offset here. Once you get to be our age, you look back on these times and they're really, really special. What's it like playing with this group of guys? So, like, uh, last year, we were all on different teams, but this year, we we're just a bunch of friends that got together with a bunch of, yeah, a bunch of guys <laughs> from different teams getting on the same team. And just It was really fun to have all my friends on the same football team, and now we get to go to Florida. How much of an inspiration is it when you look at shows like this, which cover high school football, 
in northern Nevada, which which we love to do. And you see guys like Cade McNamara go to Michigan. Jackson mm -hmm. LaDuke's going to go to Oregon. Vicajo at, at, uh, at Minogue is committed to play for the Wolfpack. You've yeah. got his big brother who's down in Alabama. How much of an inspiration is that for you guys to work harder? A lot. Like, I don't know. For me, I've always wanted to personally go play at Oregon. Mm -hmm. But... I've always wanted to do that, but you know, it shows that you got to put a lot of work in. It's a uniform, right? That's all the different yeah. uniforms. That's why. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Definitely. What about you guys? What type of what type of inspiration do you take from these guys that are putting in the hard work and you see it pay off? It, it's cool to me to just see a bunch of guys from a smaller city mm -hmm. go to, like you said, Alabama or big colleges. Yeah. From just a small little city that not much people know that much. That yeah. shows that you can do it, uh, yeah. right? Anybody, anybody yeah, you anybody work hard enough, you can do it. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about when you're back in Orlando. What else do you want to do? I mean, there's so much to do. You can go see NASA. There's there's a Disney World back there. Is there anything you guys want to do? Uh, we want to play it. football. That's, yeah. That's, that's it. Our, that's, that's a great answer. That's I got incredible. dads over here nodding their heads, going, "Yes, we want to play." Nothing. Yeah. nothing Disney World wouldn't do anything for you. I mean, you number two on my it. list. Yeah. I want to go to the burger joint at that little mini mall that they have there. <laughs> okay. Went there last year. It's pretty good. Oh, let's say if, if they got a bomb they burger, got, you want to get, get, get a bomb burger. They get a, yeah. They got a bomb burger. So what's next for you guys? I mean, you get to high school and. So that's one of the tough things is when you play youth sports at this age, some of your friends go to different high schools, and then mm -hmm. you become rivals. You're still friends, but you're in different uniforms. He glared at it. <laughs> <laughs> What's that going to be like when you have when you get to the next level and go to high school? Just it's gonna how be we're all fun. How we're all separated, been playing together, went to Florida together, and now we're now we got to beat each other up. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. When it comes to the coaches, a lot of I mean, you've got dads that take the take a lot of time off mm -hmm. work to dedicate it. I mean, you got a chance, you got the open platform right here, an open forum. Yeah. What do you, I want all three of you, Tony, you first, what do you want to say to your dad? Uh, I just want to say that I appreciate him for taking me to all the practices, the games, right. and being the head coach and getting us to where we are right now. What about you, Colton? Um, I want to say thank you because he's been coaching me in football and baseball for the past several years, probably more than I can count. And <coughs> He took a lot of time out for me to coach me. Julian? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Hey, Dad. Um, <laughs> I love you, pal. You know, we might not have been to practice on time every time, but hey, <laughs> you made it work. You know, I'm proud of you. Thanks, Pops. You coached me for, how long was it? With Waylon? It was four years? Five years, then after that, Ripley now we're here. Nice, nice. Yeah. So it's going to be, and this isn't a cheap endeavor. I mean, it's mm. December 6th to the 14th. Um, you're talking about raising $70,000 to get this team all the way to Orlando. You're about $15,000 short at, at this time. Uh, is there a GoFundMe account, or how can people get a hold of you guys uh, to, to raise some money if they want to donate? What's the best uh, way? Um, Talk to sure. Mike. Yeah. Come on in. Come on in, Mike. Yeah, Mike. Uh, what what is the best way? Uh, we have a Facebook. You can get in here. Get get over here. Come on. <laughs> we have a Facebook fundraiser, and come in between. Come in between, Colton. Come, Colton come and Tony, so we can see it. Uh, okay, there's a so there's a Facebook fundraiser. There's a Facebook yeah. fundraiser. Um, my I have a flyer that uh, we can put on your on the website. We'll put it on our website with the phone number. Cool. Um, and uh, we're now down to about eight thousand dollars. So we're we're getting there. All right, let's get these kids to Orlando because they're they're going to win a national championship. That's what's going to happen. These are the fourteen hundred Reno Huskies. Tony, 
Colts and Julian, also known as Flacco. Uh, guys, we appreciate your time. Thanks <laughs> Thank for coming you. by. Thank you. Get Thank back, you. man. It's going to be a Thank lot of fun you. watching yeah. you guys yeah, down there. Go to our website, yeah. NevadaSportsNet.com, or check them out on Facebook. Search Fortunato Reno Huskies, and I'm sure you can find them. And hey, give 10 bucks, give 100 bucks, give $1,000. Whatever you can give, <laughs> give, and we're going to get these kids to Orlando. We'll have much more coming up here on NSN Daily. As we send it up to, to the Sierra, how about some snow totals this weekend? You want to get the board out? You want to get the skis out? Oh, yeah, we'll tell you where the snow is. That's next. Welcome back into NSN Daily. Yeah, uh, Mother Nature uh, punched the Sierra right in the mouth. And uh, there are a lot of people that could not be happier. Some snow totals from just 8 o'clock this morning. So it's going to accumulate more all day long. Almost 2 feet at Mama, 22 inches. Homewood, 12 to 19 inches. How about Alpine Meadows, 18 inches. Tahoe City, 18. Mount Rose, 14 to 18. This is video from our friends up at Squaw Valley Alpine Meadows. Want to thank them for uh, sending that to us. They got nearly a foot, about 11 inches up there and 11 inches at Heavenly. Man, why are you here? You know, it's oh. what's, uh, it's funny. So we all kind of know, and maybe the folks that watch the show know that Julian is kind of a man of cliches. He loves mm -hmm. to kind of throw out these cliche statements. One of the things he likes to say is that you must be living right or I must be living right. So I'm like, I just come back from the Virgin Islands, yeah. which was an incredible week, and I come back to the first real snowstorm that we've had all season long. So you know what? I feel like, you know what? I must be living right yep. to, to come home. We got the snow. Uh, the, the one downside to the snow is that it's actually, because it was so cold, uh, the snow uh, ratios are much higher. It's a very light, uh, kind of airy snow. It's not that dense kind of base builder that a lot of these resorts need. And that was actually something pointed out by Squaw Valley is that, yes, this is great to get two feet of snow, but it's not the type that's going to kind of create that good base. It's mm -hmm. going to blow around. And so even when you have two feet in a place, it's going to spread out to maybe a couple of inches. So yeah. not the type of snow that the mountains needed right now, but we are expecting this weekend that for the snowstorm to be much heavier and wetter. Gotcha. Uh, so you want kind of that heavy wet. So now build that base down and then you know, if, if I could just make a request to Mother Nature to have this kind of a storm, like in a month, that light kind of powdery snow yeah. to fall on top of a base, that creates the, the ultimate kind of powder skiing uh, conditions. So that would be uh, my one request. But it, it was great to see winter come back around because there's always a paranoia. And I'm still a little paranoid because of what happened in the 2013 and 2014 winters right. where it was terrible. Yeah. I mean, we're talking months without seeing a drop of snow and um, the conditions were just awful. And so we've been spoiled these last couple of years, at least as skiers, the people that love to see this stuff um, with incredible snowstorms. So, uh, you know, I'm still a little paranoid about, yeah. about this year. You, you feel like maybe things have to level out because last year uh, was, was so near historic. Um, but after seeing 70 degree weather in November, it was, it was nice to see, all right, Winter is eventually going to come, yeah. and, it, and it came uh, pretty hard here in the well, last couple of days. It's not just for ski enthusiasts. I mean, there, there are so many folks that this is their livelihood, yeah. is the tourism and, and that sort of stuff up at Lake Tahoe. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, we'll wrap things up with some final thoughts as we send you off into your day. Wrapping things up here on NSN Daily on a Wednesday, I want to thank uh, Matt Aroldi for his uh, insight into Wolfpack football. And, of course, good luck to the 14 and under Reno Huskies. Good to have you back here in the 775. Good to see you, man. Happy Thanksgiving, if I don't see you. Happy Thanksgiving to you.